0: about how our mental wellness suffers in a digitally noisy world and what we can do about it. Andy Mowat, welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast.
1: Thanks, John. Great to be here
0: yeah it's great to be with you you're joining us from the bay area i'm south of salt lake city in utah and today we're going to be talking about how our mental wellness suffers in a digitally noisy world and what we can do about it. A super important topic, generally, I think. So, in it, you know, as I think about myself, my family, my, my spouse, my kids, I think it's an important topic. But this influences the workplace, it influences our teams and our effectiveness, our efficiencies, our productivity, our creativity, and innovation. So, this is all of what we're going to be talking about and trying to unpack as we try to promote wellness at home and at work. As we get started, I wanted to share Andy's bio with everybody. Andy Moet is co-founder and CEO of Gated. He has built three unicorns, including in his prior role growing Culture Amp from five to seventy-five million. Previously, Andy ran operations at Upwork and Box. Andy has spent much of his career in human capital and is now building Gated, which is helping individuals take control of their attention and focus more deeply. I think it's a wonderful thing that you're doing. Anything else you would like to share with me or my listeners? By way of your background or personal context, before we dive on in further.
1: You described it really well. I think the one thing I'd say in the in all of my roles prior to this, I've basically been the guy pummeling your email. Um, I've sent billions of emails. Uh, I, you know, I, I literally pushed send on an email to fifteen million people one time, and I know every trick in the book. And so, like, this is you know at, at the middle point of my career, this is a problem that I have caused to some degree and understand very deeply. And I think gated was born out of my own personal pain, uh, which was I was just blown up on email. And so I decided to solve it. And uh and I I hacked it together and I with a Venmo and, and all of that. And people started donating and I started telling people about it. And they said, I'm oh my God, I I need this. And so um we are we've got a core product, but the vision is is really deeply tied around what you just described, which is mental wellness. Um, giving you the ability to control the ever-increasing noise that is attacking us all.
0: Yeah, and it's all around us all the time um, because we have devices. And I mean, I'm in my office right now and I have like a three monitor screen set up, but then I have my tablet off to the side and I have my phone there. And I have like all these different things and I can have a zillion windows open. Now, on the one hand, that's great because it's efficient. I can be productive. um, But the problem is, it's, it's like information overload at times, the stimulation overload. And then when I leave my desk and I'm just walking around, I still have my phone on me. That's pinging constantly. Um, and, and it's not just social media. I mean, there, there was that really great Netflix um, documentary that came out a couple of years ago. I'm trying to remember what it was called. I'm sure you remember. Um, but I remember watching that with my kids. It was all about social media and the impacts that that can have on our brain and and our emotions and our, our mental well being. But we're not just talking about social media. I mean, it could just be all work-related stuff or, or just other healthy, normally kind of healthy types of communication, but we're just bombarded so constantly that it really takes its toll. Uh, so that's the reality that we're in. We're in, it, we're in constant information download and even overload um, and stimulus overload. And we have to figure out ways to deal with that effectively or our health, our physical and our mental health is going to suffer.
1: Yeah, I couldn't agree more. It's, uh, I mean, I will own that I struggle and suffer from this as well too. I think we're we're constantly building the gated product to help pieces of this. Uh, and our if people haven't seen our manifesto, I think it really talks about this problem of you don't control your own attention in most cases, right? Anyone yep. can put an email into your inbox at any time, and then you've got to deal with sweeping up the mess.
0: So let's start with focus, because I know that's that's obviously a big piece of this. And that's kind of the the flip side of the coin from this constant struggle with all of the the noise that's out there we have to figure out how we can focus more often and better uh, and in part that's helps us get into our flow state so we can work better uh, but it just helps us to be more healthy physically and mentally so how how do we start to to get more focus in our lives in our day-to-day both at home and at work
1: I believe there's two things, and we've been spending a lot of time studying this in addition to building the product. There's discipline, and then there's norms. I think people understand most of the theory around discipline. So this is like calendar blocking, turning off your notifications, um, the Pomodoro method, all these types of things where you're just at a fundamental level. Like there are proven strategies that you can read in books and study to improve your discipline we're not all good at it and tools can help around the edges so i'd say that's part one, I think the part two that i'm spending a lot of time studying and thinking about that people don't realize is the problem of norms right so john say you've decided that you want to focus. But your team or the or other people don't know that you want to focus how do they adjust to you so i talked to a lot of executives and they're like oh yeah we tried no meeting wednesday it was a total disaster right (laughs) well but did you set the norms and educate people and do that i think there's you know in in the cal newport book on the end of email he talks a lot about the concept of well if you if you decide we all know that you should only check email once or twice a day um but we all check it all the time same thing with social media and so okay if you try to only check it twice a day there are apps that can do that gated may build a piece of that at some point too but at a fundamental level, the people that are expecting your response still expect a response on a more recent time. So they start to be like, hey, I need this quick or I need this quick. And so they're not adjusting to you. And I think if the, 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 we spend a lot of time thinking about how can we help people set the norms on their own things. So like, great, I'm in focus mode now. Um, the ultimate parallel, which somebody actually coined for gated is noise canceling headphones for your email. Um, It's an accepted social norm. When you're in an office uh, and you're walking down that thing and you see that person with their headphones on, you know, don't bother them or come up very quietly and tap them on the shoulder. There doesn't exist something like that in the work from home, remote work, uh, asynchronous communication type of thing. And, you know, we spend a lot of time thinking about that. That's not the core of what our product is today, um, but it's coming.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's just so important and we have to find ways. Like I, I'm trying to think when I did it, it was probably early on in the pandemic. Uh, I think I, I just saw someone else do it, but you know, the emails that come in at all times. Right. And it's one thing if I choose, you know, to engage with my email more often, but the problem is if I'm in a leadership or management role, and then I'm shooting off emails at all hours of the day, whether I tell my people, or not, you know, that they, they, they have to respond right away, most people will feel like they need to respond. So if I send off that email at 11 at night because I happen to be awake and I'm sitting in bed and I have a thought and I send an email, um, that's going to make people feel pressure to respond and be on call at all hours. Uh, or if I, you know, sometimes I don't sleep well. So I'm up at three in the morning and I'm, again, I'm like sitting in bed with my phone and I'm like, have thoughts and I'm trying to get them all down. And I'm, I have no expectation that other people are going to be awake, that other people are going to be working or doing anything. It's just something that, you know, I might be doing on that given day. And so I made a really concerted effort to communicate that. First of all, communicate what I just said to my team to help them understand that just because I'm sending you something doesn't mean you need to respond like a reasonable, amount of a, a reasonable window of time. Yes. You know, within, you know, half a day or a day, yes, please respond. But you know, it's not immediate. It's not urgent. If something's crazy, if there's a huge crisis and it is immediate and urgent, I'll let you know, but otherwise it's fine. And, and I'm just trying to get things off my plate and move them on. So I have that conversation with them. I actually put a disclaimer in the top of my email signature. So right after the message, the first thing they read before they even see my name is, you know, I, I recognize that this maybe coming at an odd time, don't feel like you need to respond right away. So I do that. So I'm trying to communicate it. But to your point, just because I'm communicating that, it doesn't necessarily change the norms of people feeling that pressure. And so
1: you've made a better step than most people have. Um, and And that
0: was a first step. But then the next step was I had to realize that maybe instead of sending that email at three in the morning, maybe I put it in my drafts I write it because it's when I'm thinking about it, I put it in my drafts, and then I wait until 8 a.m. to send it. Right, and so like there's simple things like that that we can do that are going to tremendously improve the quality of life for people on our teams, uh, especially if they have felt that pressure in the past.
1: I couldn't agree more. I think that I think if you think about it, like our tools that we use have not embedded the right norms into them. So you touched on one, which is really interesting, which is the delayed send. Um, slack has it google has it i'm sure microsoft has it as well too where you can do that but oftentimes we don't um, i we've been spending a lot of time talking to a lot of our users around do you use the delayed send when do you use it how do you use it it's so like i'm now very conscious like i'm on nights and weekends i want to set the right example and so for my team i will delayed send everything and then, but in theory, our systems can be a lot smarter. Which is just flick a switch and say, "Listen, on the night and weekend, unless I override it, I want the default to be delayed send." But I also don't want it all to appear at 9 a.m. on Monday morning and blow everybody up too. So there's a lot of thought that's never gone into like mental well-being in the design of the tools that we're building.
0: Delayed send, absolutely, uh, and just the, being putting the thought into it, like you said, so important. Uh, as long as we can be thoughtful about it, we can. We can sidestep a lot of these types of challenges. So we know that this can impact us. Uh, We've already alluded to the mental wellness uh, component in this digitally noisy world. Other thoughts on how we can utilize technology to defend our attention, to help us to focus uh, so that we're not constantly feeling like we're trying to keep 20 balls in the air juggling at all times, which is not possible, by the way.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I mean... I, as I said, kind of at a fundamental level discipline, there's probably a ton of thoughts that there's even deeper thinkers than I am. Um, norms, we talked a lot about. For me, the ability to also kind of like guide to the right channels is important, right? So like I have you know LinkedIn, Slack, Twitter, um, email and text and, and phone and all of that. And so there's just so many different channels. And I think what I've tried to do and, and a lot of folks that I talk to do is like, I am going to decide on what channel I want to consume what information. Uh, and so for me, I look at it in twofold. One is I've got the default message on my LinkedIn, which is don't email me. Don't send me a LinkedIn. I'm not going to get to it. I'm That, that LinkedIn inbox is just too overloaded. Go ahead and send me an email if it really matters. Uh, and so I try to narrow the channels that I'm communicating to, to very few. And then I'd say after that, um, I try to really like structure when I check those different channels as well too. So that's definitely a another tactic that I found works really well.
0: Yeah, excellent. So you're as you're building gated um, to try to help with all of these things. Uh, it, it will create, a, you know, hopefully, hopefully create a, a better world where everyone uh, can focus more and, and just do their work better. Uh, one of the things I, I mentioned a little bit ago, and, and I, I think is is very much a benefit of how we manage our attention and the ability to focus, uh, is, is the fact that, you know, there's quite a bit of research out there on flow states. Yes. And if we're, if we're going to try to tap into our flow states, that almost never will happen if we're completely bombarded with, you know, sensory, uh, inputs and, and just all the digital inputs constantly. Like we have to give ourselves space to calm our mind, to, to, be disconnected a little bit so that we can get to a point where we can get into those flow states and if if I'm trying to I can't always control exactly when those are going to happen and you know sometimes I'm trying to push myself into a flow state that doesn't really work but you can create this the context the situations in which you're more likely to move into that kind of a state where you can just uh, work more naturally and be more creative Uh, thoughts on that and maybe experiences that you've had uh, with your own uh, businesses because clearly clearly you've been super successful and building and helping to to uh administer really great successful businesses in the past
1: yeah the concept of deep work i think you're you're talking about it resonates i mean it is so true i think um i, I guess i look at it in two, two things one is like deep work matters and we want to enable people to carve it out so we spend a lot of time with our team norms Uh, trying to say like, listen, Fridays is no internal meeting day, and we're not going to break that. Um, We also think deeply about like, how do you block your calendar? And we start to respect that across the entire team. So I think giving the ability for teams to do that is really good. Now, separately, I think I personally have seen and I struggle with, there's still so much inbound communication, even if you're like deep work with your team and your team respects it, there's still so much inbound communication coming in throughout the day. And so how do you wall that off so you can truly get into that deep work state, right? Like if you, especially if you're an executive and you're out there and you're communicating with other people and part of your job is being out there and being present, being on social media, being on email and being responsive, uh, being able to accept those times is good. I still find that I'm not able to pull up sufficient walls. And so I end up, you know, nights and evenings and weekends there is no none of the inbound communication coming in and so then you're able to be in a much much deeper state of work Um, I also find that you just need to leave all communication devices behind and take the walk Um, and so those have been the two tactics that I've that like helped me from a deep work deep thinking perspective.
0: long-time listeners of the podcast, they know every now and then I, I reference how I, uh, I love walking my dogs. I have two dogs, uh, a park right behind our house. I try to take them on at least two walks a day and, you know, one in the morning, one in the evening. And I find that oftentimes it's just being out moving the movement, being out fresh air, nature with my pets, um, with no distractions, with no messages coming in. You know, I have, I don't, Sometimes I have my phone with me, but I don't, I'm not checking it. I have it uh, silenced and I, and I'm just focusing on that experience and I have no intention necessarily of trying to like come up with the next great idea or whatever. It just happens because I'm like in a quiet, calm kind of a condition where now I'm just out there and my mind is just free and it's just kind of wandering sometimes, it's just kind of a meditative state. Other times, like I really do, all of a sudden I find myself, you know, with that perplexing challenge or problem that I'm not sure how to tackle or, or how to respond to. And I've been really struggling with, and then all of a sudden I just, the, the, the solution comes to me and I, and I just kind of have that spark of, of inspiration. If you want to call it that I have that spark of, of just that flow state that I, I reach. that all of a sudden my, my brain's working in a different way and I'm able to uh, to go in a place that I wouldn't be able to otherwise. So everyone has those things, right? And for me, it's, I, I found there's other ways too. But for me, if, if, if I'm ever in real need of just like uh, resetting mental reset and disconnect and, and trying to, to get a solution to a really perplexing, perplexing problem, that's the best way I found uh, to really give me the best chance of doing it. And whatever that is for you, go, go experiment and try it. Uh, there's books on this, on how you can promote it. Um, and not everything's going to work for you like it does for everyone else. So there's no like one size fits all or kind of trick, um, silver bullet for, for this, but figure out what works for you. Disconnect. Like you said, leave the device behind even, um, just don't give yourself the temptation. And then all of a sudden, I, I think you'll find that there's, there's so many, uh, positive benefits, to that. And we haven't even talked about the relational aspect of this, uh, which I think is also huge, is when we're so distracted, um, despite our best intentions, how important does that person sitting across from us feel? You know, if we're checking our phone constantly, whether it's at work and I'm, I'm sitting, you know, I'm in a one on one with a member of my team, and maybe I, I feel like I need to be. Accessible to my boss, and so I have my phone on the table in front of me, and I'm I even. I can even have it turned over, so it's not the screen's not up. Um, but then it buzzes, right? Um, and then I'm tempted to check in, Even if I don't check it, the fact that it's there, uh, the fact that the person across from me hears it buzzing, like that, has an impact on how we interact with each other and the relationships that we build with each other. And certainly at home, I think about my spouse. I think about my children. You know, if we're sitting around and we're all just on our phones, how much are we really? with each other how much are we really connecting with each other how much are we building and strengthening our relationships with each other uh, and the answer is i don't think very much <laughs> in those circumstances uh, so that's another another benefit of just focusing on what matters prioritizing and you know there's a time and a place to utilize these tools uh, we have great technology that can provide great benefits to us in our work um, that's wonderful we don't need to get rid of all the technology that's not what we're saying but it just Find times that where you can focus on work-related things. Find times when you can focus on other things and focus on relationships. And if we can do that, I, I think that will be a big part of helping us to to foster, you know, better self care, uh, more resilient mental health, uh, which of course feeds into our physical health. This has just been a really fun conversation, Andy. Um, we're getting we're getting close to the time to wrap up, and I'm wondering if you have any other thoughts uh, around. Uh, gated that you would like to share with us anything else about kind of what might be coming down the pipeline, what to expect uh, here in the near future. Uh, And then we can start to wrap up.
1: Yeah. I mean, at a fun, we haven't really dove into gated much, but at a fundamental level, we, the, the current paradigm of email is everything should go in your inbox And the big data providers are gonna try to use data to pull out the bad stuff. I think we all know that doesn't work, right? Either people are gaming the system and cheating in or whatever. So you end up in a situation, it's the classic problem of the commons, right? Where people um, are not, you have to end up doing the work to clean up other people's trash. Um, And so Gated takes the opposite view, which is if you don't know somebody, if you haven't communicated with them before or allowed them in some way, they shouldn't be in your inbox, but they should have an opportunity to prove that they should. And so what we effectively do is take all unknown, unallowed email out of your inbox, put it in a side folder, and send them a note saying, I don't know you. Here's my favorite nonprofit. If you donate, then that email, will, receive, I, will reach, I will read it, and I will see it, and I will read it. Um, we don't guarantee a reply. We don't force our users to do that. And so that at a fundamental level is what Gate does. We also allow people to say, hey, if you know me, but I sent it to you in error, here's how to get around that. And so that's the core of what we do. I think we are trying to, as our first version of the product, solve the problem of email, which is why you know, people should have to think is what they're sending to you relevant before they do it. And right now, they're not you know, you can send an email to 10 million people, with a push of a button and you don't, you don't get forced to think about it. And so imagine if that sender gets that challenge back and it says, Hey, do you know me? Um, or is it worth your time? And they decide, no, well, then that email doesn't bother you. So that's a core of what we do at Gated.
0: Wonderful. Thank you so much, Andy. This has just been such a fun conversation. Um, before we start to wrap up, I wanted to give you a chance to share with listeners how they can connect with you, find out more about your team, uh, find out more about if gated might be a good fit for them. Uh, and then give us a final word on the topic for today.
1: Yeah. Gated.com gate D.com. Um, the tool is hundred percent free for users. It's funded completely by sender donations. And, um, we, if people want to follow me on LinkedIn, that's great. And then anyone that wants to email me, Andy at gated.com. My email is always available. And if you don't know me, just donate my two bucks to reach me.
0: Wonderful. Thank you so much, Andy. It has been a true pleasure to have the opportunity to talk with you. I encourage listeners to reach out, get connected, find out more about what Andy can do for you. Check out Gated. I think it's so cool. And as always, I hope everyone can stay healthy and safe that you can find meaning and purpose at work each and every day. And I hope you all have a great week. (laughs) You enjoy the human capital innovations podcast. Enjoy ad-free listening